0: Effective Prayer, 2nd Chapter, Defining What Prayer Is Prayer can be defined as an address to God or a God. Since Christians believe in the one, the true living God, revealed in the Bible, prayer is then a Bible subject, and it demands its divine input to see what prayer is from God's perspective. We should let the Bible then tell us believers what prayer is and how it should be practiced. Scriptures like Hebrews 11.6 and Romans 10:17 clearly verify that we should do what the Bible tells us and not just have our very own opinions or some kind of tradition to follow. Hebrews 11, 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Romans 10:17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of god from these verses we know that for us to please god in any area we have to do so in faith generally speaking faith comes from and is based upon god's holy written word so for a christian to know how to please god in prayer he then has to do so in faith which in turn has to be based upon scripture in defining prayer it is then out of necessity that we have to turn to the Bible for our definition for prayer and not just turning to some obscure places in God's word. But as Matthew 8.17 and 8.16 and 2 Corinthians 13.1 says, in two or three places which will establish truth and give us a precedence for us to follow. 18.16 says, But if he will not hear thee, then take two or three more in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established second corinthians 13 1 says this is the third time i'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established in these two verses we find the principle for judging things and it is also principle for judging the truth of god's word also two or three verses of scripture Help us correctly understand God's Word. For where the Bible states two or three different verses on a subject, we find as a whole what should be believed and lived in our lives. And when we find many scriptures, then we must feast on these verses till we ingest the truth and the revelation comes to our spirits. Let's look at the Word of God and define prayer what it is. Luke 6:12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray and to continue all night in prayer to God. 2 Corinthians 13:7. Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you all should do that which is honest and not as though being unwilling. Acts 8:22. Repent therefore of this wickedness. And prayed to God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven. John 11:41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. In these four scriptures written by Luke, John, and Paul, we notice some principles and also some consistent principles too. Prayer from these Bible verses is an address always directed to God. And you will not find any example in the Word of God where a Christian which was praying directs his prayer to anyone else but God. Not to men, not to angels, neither present day saints or saints of old. Prayer is communication. It is fellowship and participation with God. Communication is defined as transmitting of information from one person to another. All communication takes speaking and hearing. When someone communicates, they are conveying information or knowledge so as to be understood or obtain understanding. If you notice in Luke and 2nd Corinthians and Acts, all of these verses say that they were speaking to God when they prayed. And if you also look in the Gospel of John, you will notice the principle that God heard Jesus' prayer when He prayed. Being heard is also a part of communication. It is not just us speaking to God, but it is also being heard and understood too. Let's look in Luke 11:1 and 2. Luke 11:1 and 2. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you all pray, say, Our Father, which is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. And then the rest of this verse says, Thy will be done in heaven as it is on earth. Here in this portion of scripture, Jesus was asked if he would say, teach us, his disciples would say, teach us, and how to pray as John taught his disciples. Notice Jesus said, when you all pray, say. To pray, it is required for the Christian to say something to God. The word say is defined as to express in words or to express yourself to someone in words. The word speak is defined as make sound with an ordinary voice. There is no such practice for Christianity as silent prayer. You could stand and be quiet and you could wait upon him to respond, but you could not pray unless you're saying something. But you cannot do both at the same time because prayer to God as Jesus the head of the church said takes you, the one who is praying, to open your mouth and then to say something to him. From what Jesus said, prayer was to say or speak. From the definition of the words say and speak, we find out that prayer would be expressing ourselves in ordinary words in an ordinary voice. Then, of course, after you expressed yourself to God, you could stand still and, of course, you could wait for a response if one is needed for him to respond to you. If we look at Luke 3:21 and 22 the same idea is expressed here. Now when the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, "You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased." Matthew 26:53 Do you think that I cannot now pray to the Father and he will presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? Although I do not believe that God's prayers need to be audible when God speaks back to us, but I do believe there should be a response which comes from him when seeking a response. If you are communicating and the other person has intelligible life, then it should be a response if given an opportunity to do so notice luke in the 11th chapter in the 9th and the 10th verse and i jesus say to you ask and it shall be given you seek and you all shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asks receives and he that seeks finds and to him that knocks it shall be open here it is obvious that jesus is telling us that when you ask and pray to god he will respond, and not just a few of you either. He said everyone that asks, so prayer is defined as communication because the terms asking and saying are terms of communication. In a Christian sense, prayer would be a divine communication because God is a divine person. Prayer is a divine privilege addressing and communication to God to give him the opportunity to respond. Jesus on this same note said in John 10:27, His sheep hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Since Jesus is at the right hand of God in heaven, then the Holy Spirit, which lives in us, is still the voice of God to us, as John 16:17 says. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he, shall, whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show or inform you things to come. Did you notice in this last verse that he, the Holy Spirit, will not just speak anything, but what he hears only? Hearing and speaking are communication terms also. God in heaven is speaking through the Holy Spirit, who then speaks to us. So prayer is, generally speaking, a divine communication between man and God. And in the new birth, the Holy Spirit represents God to us. He is God's voice to the Christian. And as we will see, this is so in every type of prayer also. In the book of Acts, there are examples of church praying. And we can learn from those examples. Since God saw fit to give us the book of Acts, which is the first book of the church age, we should also search it for the examples that are in it. We should see how in practice the early church, early believers did pray. Notice in Acts four twenty three and 24. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. If you look for truth, especially when you're seeking the Word of God, you will find it right there in front of you in God's written Word. Did you notice when they, that is Peter and John, were let go, they went to their own company, which would be, in our case, a local church now. And when they, the church, heard what had happened, notice what it says, they, the church, did. They, all the believers which were gathered together, raised up their voice to God in a unified prayer. Did you also notice in that unified prayer that it was a prayer of their understanding and not a prayer in tongues? We will look at the use of tongues later. Notice again they were praying to God. If you are not praying to God, then you're not praying the way way that the Bible tells Christians to pray. And if we are not praying the way that the Bible tells us to pray, then you and me are not praying in faith either. Because praying in faith would be an action based upon God's written word. In reality, if we are not praying like the Bible tells us to pray, then this would mean we're not pleasing God or being pleasing to God as we pray. Because non-scriptural praying would be unbelief. To pray is to have communication with God. And to do so correctly is to pray within the guidelines which the Bible gives us to pray. Praying to God, and that being clearly seen here in these verses, is how to pray. There is also a need to see clearly to whom we are praying to. Not only is it important to see how to pray, but also to see whom we are praying to. Jesus said in the church age, that we would not address our prayers to Jesus himself. Although Jesus and the Holy Spirit are both God, Jesus ushering in the New Testament age gave us specific directions about to whom to speak while we are in prayer. Notice John 16:22 24. And you all now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man can take away from you. And in that day you all shall ask me, Jesus, nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he, the Father, will give it to you. Unto now you have asked nothing in my name, and you all shall receive, and your joy shall be full. In these three verses of John's Gospel, Jesus has clearly told us in the coming church age we would not pray to him, Jesus, directly. In that day, as it's stated, after telling us we would have sorrow about his death, when he raised again, our sorrow would be turned into joy. Well, if we stay in the same context of these words, Jesus goes on to tell us a great revelation of us not praying or asking Jesus directly. But he introduces the thought, Of the power in Jesus' great and majestic name. It is that great name which would cause God his Father to give or respond to our askings. He, God the Father, will give whatever we, the Christian, would ask him in Jesus' name. The church, by God's word, does not pray to Jesus, but to the Father. We will look at this thought of praying in Jesus' name more intensely later in this book. But for now it is enough after reading these verses to say prayer is directed to Jesus' father and he is called God, but it is not directed to Jesus himself.